الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم انه من يتق ويصبر فان الله لا يضيع اجر المحسنين قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم التائب من الذنب كمن لا ذنب له او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مستشفتر امام الكرام برادرز اند ادرز تم شيخ منشن ون انسيدنت which is these are parables not necessary that something like this actually happened but these are parables these are examples to bring some lessons to our hearts so this example and this parable is about a person who came to the shore and he's standing at the edge of the water and he's standing there in a lot of hesitation like somebody is wanting to do something but not doing it so eventually somebody asked him that what's the problem why are you hesitating what don't you go in swim or what you want to do so he says well i want to go into the water but my problem is that i am so dirty so filthy i'm so filled with all kinds of impurities so if i am going to go into the water i'm just thinking about that that now how am i going to go into the water so dirty i am must not happen that i go into the water due to my impurity the ocean gets impure so the person said to him that forget you making the ocean impure if another 1000 people like you come and jump in one time too all will get purified and the ocean will remain as pure as ever so nothing will change in its purity but it will purify you so likewise shaitan sometimes tries to block a person's progress in deen by presenting a person's past life putting his past life in front of him putting his sins in front of him you can ever imagine becoming a pious person your whole life you've already led like this you've done whatever couldn't even be imagined and you are going to someday become a buzrug you're going to become a pious person you're going to become an allah wala someday forget about it something beyond your imagination you shouldn't be even trying to think about it shaitan uses these things to try and block a person's progress in deen when a person tries to move ahead in the path of allah taala try to get tries to get closer to allah taala shaitan doesn't go to sleep shaitan makes a greater effort on the person and shaitan already declared that that i will be sitting on the side of the straight path when somebody is trying to walk ahead on the straight path they are trying to get closer to allah taala shaitan says that i will be sitting on the side and i will try to derail the person so the thing is that shaitan will put all these things in front of a person whereas just as the ocean doesn't get impure by a million people who's also jumping in with every impurity rather they'll get purified 
nothing decreases in the greatness and in the grandeur of Allah wa ta'ala by forgiving somebody their sins, by sensing and purifying somebody's spiritual self, by cleaning out somebody's heart, this doesn't decrease Allah Ta'ala's greatness in any way. Allah Ta'ala's greatness is unlimited. And let alone the whole ocean, one drop of the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala is sufficient, a minute fraction of that drop is sufficient to purify a person completely from everything. And there have been those incidents that are there in the hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and in the lives of the pious that many a person what life they had before in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram there were those who prior to Islam what was their life and after Islam where they reached Umar on his way to try to find an opportunity to assassinate Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam could there have been a more evil motive that somebody could have had in leaving in a certain direction. In walking out of his house with a certain objective, could there have been a more evil objective? But when that Iman came in his heart, then what rank he reached, that after Rasulullah and after Abu Bakr then he is second to none. That rank Allah blessed him with. So all it requires is that a person needs to make that azam. That's the first step. That azam, that firm determination. I want to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. That is step one. Yahdi ilayhi mayyuneeb. Allah Ta'ala guides the one who shows the inclination for that hidayat. And that inclination for that hidayat comes from this azam. That is showing the inclination. One is a passing thought person is some thought that well someday inshallah well inshallah I also want to do it someday. But that's a thought, it's a wish. That too is something, it's a wish, mashallah it's a good wish. But that azam, that inclination, when a person is inclined to something, then that is not just a thought. An inclination is inclined to eating something, it starts getting into action. He starts working towards it. He's inclined towards getting married he doesn't sit and wait for something to happen. He's inclined to getting married, then we see how he, he is making everybody else also get into action. So that inclination doesn't let a person just sit and wait for something to happen. That is an inclination. That is already a deep determination. I need to achieve this. I need to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So that is the first step, this azam. And when that azam is there, when that niyat is genuine, Allah Ta'ala opens the doorways, and that alone just opens the doorway. Sometimes a person on that basis of that genuine intention, that very genuine determination intention, Allah Ta'ala grants him sometimes what others don't get with the amal also. Due to the depth of his intention. One is something very, very uh, cursory, just in passing. And the other is that very deep determination, intention of a very sincere and genuine nature. Niyatul mu'mini khayrum min amalihi, one hadith of Rasulullah wasallam, is that the niyat of a mu'min is better than his amal also. Does it mean that now a person made the niyat, he doesn't make the amal now? 
So the niyat is better than the amal. So sometimes, some people who decide to do their own thing, they want to try and understand the Qur'an Sharif without the guidance, or want to understand the Hadith Sharif without the guidance of those who are knowledgeable in it, who have learned it from their asatiza. So then they come to all these kind of conclusions which are completely far away from the reality. One person, every time that he used to uh, go to the toilet, then he would make three rakat salah. So now, somebody asked him, what is this? You go to the toilet and come back, then you make three rakat salah. Three rakat salah is only withered. So he says, oh, this is a hadith sharif. He says, which hadith sharif you found this in? So, in one hadith sharif it is mentioned, that Nabi Islam is a stajmara fal yutir. You would go for istinja, fal yutir. Now the word yutir means he would use an odd number of clay for istinja, like we have toilet paper nowadays, so clay lumps used to be used, so you would use an odd number. Now the same word is used fal yutir. Now he was deciding to do his own thing, he read fal yutir, so his mind went to wither. So Vitar Namaz is three rakats. So he now every time he comes on the toilet now he's got the jazbah of fulfilling the sunnah. But the jahalat has overcome what is the jazbah. The jazbah and enthusiasm is there. But that enthusiasm is under the shade of jahalat. So that enthusiasm will result in bid'at. That enthusiasm will be sincere. There will be a lot of sincerity in it. But if that sincerity also is without ilm. But it's with jahalat. So there's genuine enthusiasm and it's sincere. But without ilm, it's with jahalat, it'll finish off in bid'at. And finish off in all kinds of erroneous things. So now this person started making wither every time. So similarly, in this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu niyatul mu'mini khayrun min amalihi, that the niyat of a mu'min is better than his amal, this doesn't in any way mean that he makes a niyat and sit down. That's not going to help him, obviously. That niyat he made, mashallah, is very good, but the amal is necessary. What it means is, that many a times, in optional things, a person made the niyat very sincerely. That amal, the opportunity never came. His niyat sometimes is better than the time when that amal, if he did it also. Because that Sincerity in that amal might not have been to the extent that it was there in that intention. But if the opportunity was there, he must do both. Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahmatullahi, very great muhaddith, mujahid, person of great caliber, and a very great Allahwala. He passed away. Now, he was such a personality that every muhaddith looks up to him with or such a personality, Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi. He passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. So now the person saw him in the dream, so he asked him that how did things go with you? Many times we hear this, somebody was seen in a dream, and now this is sometimes taken like a deep thing, dream somebody saw, and now making the dream like a... So that becomes like a fairy tale. Whereas... Even in Bukhari Sharif, the incident is mentioned about when Abu Lahab died. 
When Abu Lahab died, one of his family people saw him in a dream. And they asked him, how, how is everything? What happened? Now, Abu Lahab was the uncle of Rasulullah but unfortunately, he became among the worst enemies of Nabi Wasallam, And became that accursed person whose becoming accursed is endorsed in the Quran Sharif. Tabbat yada abi lahabi watab. Till Qiyamah people recited that curse will keep falling on him. So in any case now he, he died. So somebody saw him in a dream. That what happened to you? How did things go? So he says ever since I've left y'all, meaning since I died, since I left the dunya, I'm in a terrible condition. But nevertheless every day I'm just given between the thumb and the forefinger the little small little gap that is there says that much of water is given to me daily as a kind of relief now what relief really how much water can sit on that portion of the hand couple of drops one two drops one drop so that much is given to me daily as some kind of relief because when the glad tidings of the birth of rasulullah was told to me when it was just brought to his attention that the son of Abdul Muttalib uh, has passed away. Son of Abdullah bin Abdul Muttalib, the father of Nabi Sallallahu father already passed away. In his house a child has been born. Now when he heard this news, he got so elated and overjoyed that his slave girl, Suheba, he immediately freed her. So now this was on the happiness of the glad tidings of Rasulullah's birth. So he freed the slave. So now as a compensation for that, some kind of grace for it, not that he was entitled to anything. When a person dies without Iman, if there was anything good that he did in dunya, it is all already recompensed in dunya. And in any case, what can a person really ask for any recompensation? One ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala, can a person fulfill his rights? So whatever he got, he can't fulfill the rights for one ni'mat. So all the good he does, that will get taken up by one ni'mat. There is a riwayat that a person in the Bani Israel, he had made ibadat for 500 years on a remote island. A remote island, what sin is Allah there? No sin, 500 years, those years people had long lives. And now when he passed away, he before passing away, he was given the information that you're going to pass away soon. So he went into sajda and passed away in that condition. Now when he passed away, so the command was given from the side of Allah Ta'ala that by my fazal take him to jannat, my grace take him to jannat. So he thought 500 years of ibadat, what happened to that? Now I'm going to jannat with the grace of Allah Ta'ala, those 500 years of ibadat, where that went? Allah Ta'ala said to the angels, just take him past Jahannam only. Not even in Jahannam, just a little bit past Jahannam. So when, as he was being taken, that intensity of the heat made him so thirsty, that now he was desperately requiring water. The water was presented to him, that there's the water, but it will come at a price. Not for free. What's the price? The price is 500 years of ibadat. So he was so desperate, he said, yes. He says, now take him through my fuzzle to Jannat. 
say definitely Allah. My entire 500 years ibadat can't pay the price of one glass of your water. What is going to be something that I can make any claim upon? All the bounties of Allah Ta'ala. A person nevertheless in dunya, if he did some good and he died on iman, uh, without iman, already whatever some, he helped somebody, he did something, some kindness to someone, some charitable thing, all that got recompensed. Akhirat is nothing. So this is just the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala. But we digress from this point that this is a dream of somebody in the family of Abu Lahab. Which Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah mentions in the kitab. Now, Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah probably maybe didn't know that this is a fairy tale. How is putting in his kitab? Obviously he knew better. Nowadays all these newfangled ideas and everything gets mocked. Allah forbid. We start thinking, we're mocking something which is uh, just somebody's fairy tale. But in the process sometimes we start mocking something which is established in deen. As part of the sunnah. And one is a person did not practice on a sunnah. He got deprived of the reward. He should be trying whatever he can. And if he didn't manage to do something, he should be feeling within himself that this is my deficiency. This is my weakness. Allah Ta'ala give me the tawfiq of this also. But mocking any sunnah is kufr. Mocking any sunnah. For example, a person mocks the sunnah of miswaq. One is he didn't make miswaq, he got deprived of the reward. But he's feeling some kind of remorse in his heart also, that too inshallah will open the door for the tawfiq. But the mocking of that one sunnah will result, to kuf, result in kufr. Anything that is established in deen, it's not necessary that it must be on the level of farz or wajib. Anything established in thee. It might be a sunnah, a sunnah act. It might be some mustahab. It might be some nafil. It's established from deen, from the sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam. It's in the hadith of Nabi wasallam. Mocking such a thing results in kufr. So in any case, we're talking about Abdullah bin Mubarak that he passed away. Somebody saw him in a dream and they asked him that, how did things go with you? He said, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. Allah Ta'ala gave me a lot of good. But I'm envying the person that lived across the road from me. Who lived across the road? Says that blacksmith, that ironmonger, he lived behind, across the road. I'm envying his rank. The person like Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullah envying his rank. So this person who saw the dream when he woke up, he said there's something to it. He came all the way, found out where the house of Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullah is, asked who else used to live here, any person, blacksmith, he says, no, the blacksmith also passed away, he used to live across the road. So he came to the house of Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullah, he came to the house of that blacksmith, and he said that, look, I want to ask something, what your husband used to do? He said, what's an ordinary person, used to work the whole day, hard labor, he used to work as a blacksmith, an ironmonger, with that furnace and that fire, and that was his job. He says, no, there's something about him. He says, perform his salah, etc. He says, no, I saw this dream. And I'm sure there's something about it. He says, well, if that is the case, then the issue was that every day when he would come home, he would perform after Isha salah, perform some nafil. Then he would look out of the house towards the house of Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullah who would be on top of his house on the, like a roof garden. He'd be engaged in nawafil. And he would spend the whole night like this. And this ironmonger would look across the road and he would say, Ya Allah, if I also was free like Abdullah Mubarak, I had that 
ability and strength, that I too should have done what he would have been, what he's doing. I would have devoted my entire night in ibadat as well. But I'm weak now, the whole day I have to work this hard labor, and now if I don't rest for the night, then I won't be able to function the next day. So now I've got to go back to sleep now. Then he's to wake up in the last part of the night and make some ibadat. See, but this is it. It's the depth of that intention. Now this wasn't faraz. It wasn't something that was compulsory. Compulsory, a person makes the intention and don't do it, he'll still be accountable. He'll be taken to task for it. Not sufficient made the intention that everybody is making their first namaz. I wish I could be there. So now it's fine, done. No, it doesn't work like that. But this is in the nawafil. Now, he couldn't make it, but that genuine yearning was there. That deep intention, that sincerity was in it. And it was actually the depth of that sincerity in that intention that took him eventually to a rank higher than Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullah who was a person immersed in the work of deen, in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, hadith of a very high caliber, and imparting the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the whole day. But this person, with the depth of his intention, obviously he didn't lack in what was necessary, what was compulsory, the, wajib, the faraiz, the wajibat, sunnah, the muakkada, staying away from haram, that obviously is the basic then on top of that a person builds up. So that was in place. Now he couldn't build that skyscraper. He had the basics in place. But with the nawafil and with the extra ibadat, he couldn't build that skyscraper. But the intention that he had was so sincere and so deep, it took him beyond that in akhirat. So the azam is the thing that a person genuinely makes that firm determination. I want to get closer to Allah. And when that firm determination is there, then that will open the door to acting according to that, to moving forward. Then a person's inner self and external self, there won't be that contradiction. When there's that firm determination, I want to get closer to Allah. So now he will make an effort in every direction. Externally also, you'll see his salah coming in order, all his other Faraiz, Wajibat, Sunnat Muqqada in place. He is performing his salah with Jama'ah. And together with that, his dressing and appearance will be correct. He will be conducting himself in the correct manner externally. He won't be indulging in the vices and evils. Like all the external vices and evils. But likewise, with that determination to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, his heart will open out towards cleansing the inner self as well. Because both are equally important. Wazaru zahir al ismi wa batina. Allah Taala says, leave the external sins also, leave out the internal sins also. Both, both are equally important. It's not that a person did only the internal things, left the external things, that'd be fine. That won't be fine at all. And he did the external things and forgot about the internal things. That too is not fine at all. And actually, in some instances, the internal aspects are even more dangerous. A person, Allah forbid, commits zina, somebody drinks, somebody gets involved in some other intoxicants, somebody steals, these are all major crimes, very serious crimes. How severe that the punishment in dunya is also very severe. The person who has stolen, 
and now he's caught for theft, his hand will get cut. Certain conditions apply, but his hand will get cut. This is to show the severity and to become a lesson for the whole community and all the people that this is something never to be done. The person commits zina, then in an Islamic rule, if he was married, is a married person, he'll be stoned to death if this is established in the proper manner with the evidence that's required. He'll be stoned to death. He could have been put to death by just being killed, but that's not the way. Be stoned to death. And that too, وَالْيَشْهَدْ عَذَابَهُمَا طَائِفَةٌ مِّنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That an entire group of the believers must witness this too. It mustn't just happen privately somewhere. Because it's meant to become an ibrat for the whole community. That this is something nobody must ever get close to. Such severe crimes they are. But yet you don't find any mention about these crimes in the manner that for example, pride has been discussed. This is so severe. Such severe punishments will be executed in this dunya already. But yet you don't find that kind of description of this in the ahadith as compared to, for example, pride. When it comes to pride, لَا يُدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةِ مَنْ كَانَ فِي قَلْبِهِ مِثْقَالُ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ خَرْدَلٍ مِّنْ كِبْرٍ Such a person will not enter jannah. You don't find that expression for these vices. Very severe they are. Terribly evil. But you don't find the same kind of expression. Such a person won't enter Jannah. Who? The person whose heart has one, must, one mustard seed's extent of pride. Pride to the extent of one mustard seed. He won't enter Jannah. Now, Jannah is after all the goal. Because that is the place of the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala being manifested for his believers. The hadith says, he says, you won't enter Jannah. لَا يَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةَ نَمَّام The person who carries tales to create friction and cause fights and disunity. Nabi Islam says, you won't enter Jannah. Now, these are inner things. Jealousy, malice, all these inner crimes. A person who is determined to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, he will cleanse himself from the external things, he will also make every effort and that will drive him. Just like he has to go to learn how to perform his salah. Somebody didn't learn how to perform salah, it's not going to just happen automatically. He has to go to madrasa, if he passed madrasa years, he'll still get to somebody, please teach me how to perform the salah correctly. He'll have to start teaching him from taharat and then pass taharat and salah and all the various necessary aspects of deen in terms of his amal, his ibadat. So that doesn't just happen, it's learned. So, when the external, this is farz also, likewise the internal aspects also farz. To acquire tawazu is farz. To acquire the sincerity and ikhlas is farz. Just as to give up stealing is farz, to give up riya and showing off is also farz. Just as to refrain from zina is farz, to refrain from this haram, so to refrain from it is farz. Likewise, to refrain from malice is also farz. To refrain from jealousy is also farz. So these are also farais, internal farais. So now the person, just as he will make an effort to learn how to fulfill the farais externally, how to perform the salah, 
it is time for Ramadan now to know the fasting, what's the rules, so that the fast is not nullified in any way, how to go about fulfilling it. He has to discard his zakat, he'll have to learn how to go about it. He never knew he'll do it haphazardly. He might just completely miscalculate and give less. Whatever else might happen, he has to go for hajj, he has to learn how to fulfill it. So to cleanse his heart, he doesn't have to learn anything. doesn't have to ask anybody. Just carry on with life and everything will be fine. It doesn't happen like that. Just as the external things are learned, they are acquired, there's an effort behind it. Then a person sometimes will get somebody, please listen to my Surah Fatiha again. Am I reciting it correctly? See the postures of my Salah. Am I performing it correctly? He has to then put himself through some kind of uh, examination, some kind of assessment. Likewise, the inner self. This is learned. And this also requires putting oneself through some kind of test through somebody. Putting oneself on that mic, under that microscope. That please, just as my Fatiha is my Tajweed correct. So just check whether the Tajweed within me is correct. That everything is in fi- fine in order. Tajweed requires the correct pronunciation of the words, the letters. Everything is fine-tuned externally in the recitation. Now is my heart fine-tuned? Is the ikhlas really there? What I thought I did with ikhlas was something else. So now this is how I went about it. This was my motive. This was what my intention was. Was that correct? But this is what's lurking in my heart. This is a kind of uh, thing that I find within me. I see somebody having some bounty and blessing. This is what goes through me. I see somebody progressing in deen. And this is what I want, what I'm desiring. The person must fall down. What is the, what is the issue with my heart? So now when a person will put himself through that process, then just as a person progresses externally, he'll progress internally. And the internal side, that after all, as important as the external self and the external amala, the ruh and the soul is inside. Because externally the person performs salah, but the ikhlas is inside. Externally he will make the hajj, but the ikhlas is in the heart. Otherwise, that hajj will become riya. The outwardly it was something that he was person was meeting somebody very nicely. But that's not going to be counted if internally there was malice. Outwardly, it's just, then it's just a show of things, a pretense. But within is malice. So the inside is the more important thing. Without neglecting the outside in any way, the inside is the first focus of attention. So this is what the whole effort is, that we have to be focusing towards our inner selves, making an effort to rectify this heart, cleanse this heart of all the things that are lurking within it, correct our a'mal as well, and in this way, inshallah, with the fuzzle of Allah wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala doesn't need our efforts, and neither is Allah ta'ala dependent on our efforts, but the system is, we have to make the efforts. But then it will happen with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala. We make the sincere effort, Allah Ta'ala will put the barakat in it, Allah Ta'ala will make that effort a means, like the brothers of Yusuf came, وَجِئْنَا بِبِدَاعَةٍ مُسْجَعَةٍ فَأَوْفِ لَنَا الْكَيْلِ وَتَصَدَّقْ عَلَيْنَا They said, what we come now, we, what we brought is, it's all like defect, it's like counterfeit, this is not even worth presenting to buy anything with. But now we've come with this counterfeit. 
But you just now overlook it and take it. You just take it and still give us the grain. وَجِئْنَا بِبِضَاعَةٍ مُزْجَانٍ So all our deeds, no matter how good we think we made it, in reality is all bida'atim muzjad. Because of the deficiencies within us. But Allah Ta'ala, Yusuf gave them double. What double he gave was out of his generosity which Allah Ta'ala put in his heart. So they came with bida'atim muzjad and a makhluk of Allah Ta'ala showed that kind of generosity. So, when we will present ourselves sincerely to Allah Ta'ala. Though what we will present is bidaatim muzjad. Allah Ta'ala is arhamur rahimin. Just as Allah Ta'ala created that makhluk of the ocean, that no matter how many impure people can jump inside, it won't get dirty. Allah Ta'ala's rahmat is beyond that. So one, some excuse we have to present, and rahmat-e-haq baha nami joyad, rahmat-e-haq baha nami joyad. Says the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala doesn't wait for something big to happen. Then it will come. rahmat haq bahana mi joyad. Just wait for excuses. We got to present that excuse. Turning to Allah Ta'ala in sincerity, Allah Ta'ala will shower His blessings upon us. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil